We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Dawson. We're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook, and I have with me today Laval Jordan, the star, and I'm going to call you the star of Fox Sports Big East coverage this season. Laval, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm I'm good, Rob. Don't 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 call me a star, but I'm good. I have fun. I have fun doing it. I'm just a little, uh, you know, I'm a little offended you didn't come with the three-piece suit all decked out for uh, for this episode of the podcast. The podcast. Yep. So I brought you on. I want to talk about the Big East Tournament. You've watched this league as much as I have. You've covered this league uh, as much as anybody. And you're the only person that will actually tolerate me when I start talking about UConn and texting about UConn. So I figured uh, you're the guy to bring on. You're the guy to have this conversation with. So a uh, quick run through for people that haven't seen the bracket yet, which I don't know if you're listening to this, how have you not seen the bracket? Marquette's the one seed. Uh, they would play the winner of UConn or Providence in the semifinals if they could pass the winner of St. John's Butler. Xavier's a two seed playing without Zach Fremantle. Um, he's done for the year. Creighton's a three seed. And then Seton Hall, DePaul, and Villanova, Georgetown round out the games that start tomorrow on Wednesday. I can't believe that tomorrow is the start of the Big East tournament. So, uh, Laval, let me start with this um, big picture, just kind of uh, your takeaways on um, the experience of, of coaching, of, of being a part of the Big East tournament, you know, that's something that a lot of people that grew up like me on the Big East conference, uh, 
You know, that's the, that was always the dream, right? So what was it like being there, playing in Madison Square Garden, coaching, or I'm sorry, coaching in Madison Square Garden and competing in this event? It is, and I'm being honest, Rob, like obviously I've experienced a big, big 10 tournament as a coach and and playing in that and, and getting all the way to the championship game in a big 10 tournament. The Big East tournament is the best, it, I think is the best in the country by far, not even close in terms of Madison Square Garden, um, all teams there like Thursday in the Big East tournament is the absolute best, you know, 12 o'clock, 2 30, 4 o'clock, all the way like top, top to bottom, you know, all day long. And there's what makes it fun is is the fan bases are, are there for sure. Um, but then there's just New York people that love ball that want to come to the garden and see something happen. They want to see a Kimball Walker performance or mm -hmm. Carmelo or, you know, Jalen Brunson. Like they just come to the garden to see the show and they're just from the city and like they're in there. And so it, it's awesome. Like I loved it every time we went, uh, we were fortunate enough to win the first game Butler ever won in the Big East tournament in advance. And even last year, you know, we were playing on Friday, uh, lost to Providence uh, by barely at the end of the game, but, I mean, it's like it, it's awesome. There's nothing like the garden, and there's nothing like the garden with the Big East tournament. Yeah, it's uh the the thing I love is just the the vibe and the atmosphere around the building in uh in in moments leading up to the games. Right, if you're within like a four block radius, all you see are jerseys of the teams that are going to be playing in that next <laughs> uh, section of the games. Every fan base has their bar that they go to beforehand. Like for UConn, for example, it's Legends. That's where everybody goes to get a drink, get a couple beers before the game starts. Um, I can't yeah. imagine what it's going to be like around there. Uh, right around the elevator. Have you ever been on the elevator? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like the, the you know you just I used to just look at our guys' faces because you know there's my you know the people that have been on the elevator in the garden you know when it, when it closes down with the big gates and it's mm -hmm. like old school and and even today's kid like they appreciate it. they're like man Michael Jordan was in the elevator and. You know, same cargo elevator that we're on right now. You know, it's just got this feel about it. It's special. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's funny how you can kind of say, like, it's just a basketball game. It's just an arena. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. And then you get there and, like, you walk out that tunnel for the first time and it's kind of quiet and you hear, like, the din around you. But then you step out there and it's just people screaming, guys standing up in jerseys, drinking beers, yelling at each other, pointing at each other. There's, like, the, the music is playing. And, of course, all they're playing is, like, uh, Brooklyn and New York rappers like it just it's uh, there, there's nothing like the vibe of that first moment when you step into that building no it's a it's a blast it's a blast all right so let's uh I want to start at the top let's start with Marquette um it feels like and this has been a constant theme the entire season right that they kind of been overlooked everybody that I've talked to is picking UConn to win this thing and if they're not picking UConn John Fanta pick Creighton to win it and if they're not picking Creighton everyone's like yeah it's gonna be Villanova they're the sleeper they're gonna make the run they're gonna get that automatic bid so that's the kind of thing that I feel like Shaka probably thrives on is when people just overlook him we just named him uh field of 68 national coach of the year we just named Tyler Kolick field of 68 first team all-american how about that Tyler Kolick first team all-american um, yeah <laughs> how what what kind of a threat do you think this Marquette team carries Here's the thing. I don't want to be the one to pick against them because that's what everybody's been doing all year, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like they have, you know, the offense is, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's fun to watch Tyler Kolick orchestrating things and 
the development and improvement of guys like Omax Prosper and David Joplin, who was six man of the year in the Big East uh, just recently. And also Godaro, like there, you know, the question is three. My question on them, three games in a row, three days in a row. Um, are they a team that's built for that? You know, you get to the NCAA tournament, you get the day in between to mm-hmm. rest, to prepare uh, for a team that runs they press and trap. They they're kind of feast or famine defensively. Like they either turn you over and score it, or you can score the ball. You know, the question is, can you keep up with them, you know, on the offensive end? Cause they're going to put up 80 plus points and, and you might not be, you might not have that much firepower. And that so they've just been beating teams because they simply can't keep up. Um, so three games in a row, at some point, you know, you may have an off day offensively. Now your defense, but they have enough. What they do have, Rob, is it's not a guy that you're keen in on other than Tyler Kohler. You got to figure out how you're going to contain him and try to limit the assists. Um, but it's not like you're just trying to stop one guy from getting, they have multiple guys that have scored 20, 30 at different points in the season. Um, so they've got different options in those three days. They're not going to have the same league and score every game, which I think mm-hmm. benefits them and gives them a way to win the thing. Um, it is, you know, just can that can that offense do it for three straight days? You know, what's interesting to me is that they're one of those teams that you kind of lump into with Miami and with Baylor where you say they're great offensively. They're going to put up 80 points. Um, but what can they do on the nights when the shots aren't going down? Well, they're, they have something that they do really, really well defensively, which is the force of turnovers. Now, if they don't get it, they don't have Kirk Woth back there. They don't have the eraser. You're probably getting a layup when they gamble and miss. But um, is that the kind of thing that makes you a little bit – because to me, that makes me a little bit more uh, confident in them. Like, they can find a way to make something happen on the defensive end. It's not going to work every time, but they can be good enough because they do something really, really well. I I agree. In in the league, you know, they – other than Xavier – it's like who else has this much firepower <laughs> that mm-hmm. to be able to keep up? So you know they uh, St. John's. You know here's what's interesting with that match. I mean they have the uh, they have the bye, but they get the winner of Butler St. John's and St. John's just took them to the brink the other day. They were up ten with twenty nine seconds to go, and St. John's almost almost Some of the shots that, that, that John's were hitting were insane. Like they were, and it was so, basically Harlem Globetrotters throwing the ball behind their back. Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, so what makes you nervous with Marquette is they'll give up 94 points and, mm-hmm. and still win. But the fact that they give up 94 points is a little bit is a concern. Uh, but they can score 96. You know, like they they gave up 84 points to DePaul. It's the and and DePaul's lost 12 straight. But so so their team, it's feet like I said, it's a, it's feast or famine. I think the one game where I, I was extremely impressed defensively was at Creighton when they went there. And then the second half, they had to count on their defense to get them back in the game and come out with that win. Um, that was impressive. That told me they have it. You, you just want to know, do they have it in them? And I think when you get to March, that's what you're looking for. Like, hey, do do you have it in you to be able to sit down and stop people? It might not be what you relied on all year. Uh, I think that game proved they have it in them, though. Yep. Um, all right. Xavier. Uh Zach Fremantle, foot injury, done for the year. They announced that, uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, Obviously, without him there, they've gotten a little bit better defensively. You're not going to be the same team on the offensive end of the floor when you're missing a guy that can get you 25 on any given night, right? But you got Sule Boom, who, for my money, is, if if, if I need a shot in this tournament, 
he's probably the guy that I want to want the ball in his hands. Um, Jack Dungey can space the floor. Jerome Hunter has been good. Des Claude has been really good. What do you make of this kind of, I don't want to say, I don't know if new look Xavier team is the right way to phrase it because he's, he's been out for a little more than a month now, but what do you make of this group now? I, I like him. Uh, and, you know, Fremantle was playing, I think he was playing at the first team all Big East level before he went down. I mean, he was a double figure, re, double figure score. He was getting three, almost four assists a game from his position, which is phenomenal. You know, with Sean, the way he's used him offensively, all the high low passes and the backdoor passes, he was, I thought he was playing at a high level. They've, the good thing for them is it didn't just happen like two days ago. They've learned how to play without him and they, they figured it out. Uh, I think, like you said, defensively, they, they're smaller on that end. They could switch more. Jerome Hunter's really stepped up and embraced his role. Um, I like him uh, because, you know, Kobe Jones, Sule Boom, Adam Kunkel, you've got multiple perimeters that could have a day. Mm-hmm. And Sule Boom's been consistent at, at it. And then um, you have Nunji, you know, who's going to be pretty consistent as close to a double-double, you know, guy. Um, so I like their chances uh, just because they can score the ball, you know, similar to Marquette, their offense is top 10 in the country, they're, they're elite. And then I think they've improved defensively uh, because Hunter knows that's what he, he's not, he's not confused about his role. Sean's done a really good job at role definition uh, with him and Fremantle. Now Fremantle's out, but Jerome Hunter knows like that's what he has to do to contribute to this team. So and he's had really good nights when they beat Providence. Like he did a tremendous job against Bryce Hopkins, you know, guys like that being a switch defender. And so their guards, Colby Jones is their best defender. You know, Kunkel and Boom aren't great. Um, but I do like them. And in, in, again, it's three days with no prep, right? And that's the that's the thing about when you get to the tournament setting. It's um, the difference between them and Marquette. If, it, if the game becomes a half-court game, I have a little more confidence in Xavier. And their, and their defensive ability now uh, and scoring the ball in the half court. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, when it comes to a tournament setting, you're going to get to a situation where somebody knows what you're running and you're not able to to kind of create shots out of your offense. And you need somebody that can go create something for you. We talked about this at length about UConn earlier in the year, right? With Xavier, you got two guys that can do it. And I don't know how many players in college basketball, period, you would want with the ball in their hands, and like 15 seconds left on the clock when you need a bucket, more than Sule Boom. And he has the best name in the Big East. Like, how can you not love this dude? Yeah. And and you look at them, and and it's like their route to get there, you know, like Seton Hall, DePaul is the the matchup. They get the bye. They get the winner of that game. You know, DePaul's lost 12 straight. So Seton Hall, who just put up 80 points the other day, which was impressive, without Kadari Richmond, that's going to be a street fight. Uh, and so can can Xavier buckle down and win one of those games? They lost to Villanova when Nova did that to him recently at Xavier, you know, kind of slowed it down. And it's a 60 point game, not an 80 point game. Um, you know, can they sit down and do that and grind it and, and get it done? Uh, that's where Fremantle comes into play because the high lows in the half court, he, you can throw the ball into him in the post. And so they'll miss that in those type of games, right, in this this tournament and the, and the NCAA tournament. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk about Creighton. Uh, I said over and over again, I thought that they were the best team in the Big East. Uh, they did not have the greatest end to the season. They lost to Marquette, like you mentioned. They lost to uh, lost at Villanova, right? They lost by 12 at Villanova. Uh, but this is still a team. I will put their starting five up against anybody in college basketball. They have two guards that can make plays. They got a guy in Baylor Shireman that can, you know, do something off the bounce and he can hit threes and, and uh, kind of create on his own a little bit. To me, the key is you got to get Arthur Kaluma going. You got to find a way to get him playing like a guy that was considered a top 50 player in the country and a potential like top 45 pick in the NBA draft. Get him going because they don't really have a bench. You know, it's five guys, and then you try to steal minutes here or there with the guys coming off the bench. What do you make of the Blue Jays? Yeah, that that's the thing with them. They need all five, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not they're not playing very deep. It's almost like them, them and Villanova. You catch Villanova with all five. You got a problem. <laughs> like when, when Creighton uh, has all five of those guys going, um, they can beat anybody in the Big East. They can beat anybody in the country. Uh, Kaluma's been the one that's been probably the most inconsistent. And and I had him as preseason player of the year. Like mm-hmm. I thought he was heading in a, uh, you know, just had all this momentum coming into the year, into the season, whereas, uh, you know, Trey Alexander has been kind of, you know, the guy that's impressed Right, with his consistency, Shireman and the way he's transferred. Matt Trey does is so good, man. He is so he's good. He's a good player, man. He he just and he's improved. I think the fact that Nimbar went down last year, you tell me what you think about this. Nimbar goes down last year and he has to play point guard because they mm-hmm. don't have another option. And his development, I think it accelerated his development tremendously. Like it was a confidence to. thing. He was like, Oh shit, I could do this. I, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing here. And he had to be able to play in the pick and roll. He had to step up and make shots coming back into the season. He worked on his jump shot. He's more consistent. Like, I, I like him a lot. Shireman has been impressive. You know, their defense is – when you talk to – like, I've talked to multiple coaches in the Big East, like, what makes Creighton so good defensively? And it's two-word answer. Ryan Kalkbrenner. Yeah. He was just two-time – he's awesome. defensive player of the year and again in the league, so that's back-to-back defensive – like, it's just it's just hard in the paint and at the rim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Marquette beat them, here was the crazy part was they still scored – they still shot 60% from two, which most teams don't do against Creighton. And that's where the, you're in a neutral setting, you know, different sight lines, a different depth perception, playing in the garden um, – you know, shooting the basketball may or may not be, uh, you know, depending on who you are, might not, you might not be making them that night. So now you got to drive it in there and there's call. 
there's Kalkbrenner in there. And they don't, because of him, they don't put you on the line. So why, why do they have advantages? Well, they don't put you on the line. He has more block shots than he has fouls. So he's going to be in there for 30 plus minutes. Yeah. Uh, a little bit like Zach Eady. Like you're not going to not have to deal with Kalkbrenner. Like he's going to be there for 30 plus minutes, 32, 34 minutes. And you got to try to figure out how to so score. so good at just going straight up and being in the right place. Like, he's never going to be someone that, that you switch out on the yeah. perimeter. And that's probably why, like, he's never going to be this great NBA five man. You're not asking him to guard point guards. You're not asking him to get out there and hedge hard. But you play him and drop. You say, just be really big and get in the way. And this is exactly where you need to be. And this is the angle you need to take. He does all of that. And he does it perfectly. It's it's really sure. impressive to watch. And so when you get into the tournament, Rob, it is – Hey, how can we generate high percentage shots? Because we're in this neutral setting. I don't know how we're going to shoot the basketball from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He makes that difficult. How can we get to the foul line? Right? How can we get some easy shots? How can we get you some? Don't against Creighton. <laughs> he, he, he makes that difficult. And so they have a – that's where they, again, for making a run. Now, on the other end of the court, they need Andrew Nimbar has got to play better than what he's been playing. And obviously, like you said, you know, Columa's got has to play better for them to have the offer. They need all five of their guys offensively. And it'd be nice, you know, if uh if they could get just Fabello or somebody Farabello to just come in and make some shots, just give them something off the bench, which he has at times, just not consistently. Yep. Mason Miller too. Just needs someone to make a couple shots. All right. We'll talk about UConn in a second. I'm much more interested in what you think about this Providence team and what has happened to them over the last two weeks. Uh it's I think they went 34 and one in a 35 game stretch at home and had one of the nation's longest home court win- winning streaks and then got beat at home by, was it Villanova that got him at? No, it was Xavier that got him at home. And then yeah. the next night, oh. they got smacked around by Seton Hall. And it was a blowout in a game that was just, frankly, it, I think Ed Cooley called him out for this after the game. It was just not competitive. They just didn't, they didn't show up. They didn't try. And that was after going up two stores to Gamble Pavilion. Uh, two weeks ago and losing by I think it was 18 um, to UConn in a game where uh, the last eight minutes just they just kind of rolled over and said all right yeah we don't have it we don't have it tonight so what what's happened with Providence and can they turn it around in the garden we've partnered with run your pool for a field of 68 bracket pool if you think that you are smarter about college basketball than I am this year, you can prove it by joining our Run Your Pool bracket pool. Uh, I've actually worked with Run Your Pool before, and I've used Run Your Pool before in some of the larger survival and uh, NCAA tournament pools that I've been a part of. I'm really excited that we were able to land this sponsorship and land this uh, this, this sponsor because uh, their, their site has more than 50 different types of games for every single sport that you can think of. They are a really good place to kind of host all of the stuff that you do, whether it's a bracket pool, whether it's a survivor game, whether it's head to head stuff, whether it's pick X games, whether it's squares, which is uh, my personal favorite when it comes to things like this, especially when it comes to the Super Bowl. So the scoring is always customizable. You can tailor your bracket rules to however you like uh, the brackets to be set up. Um, it's awesome. I love it. But here's the best part about partnering with them. They are giving away 50, $1,500 in cash prizes for free. It's free to sign up. All you got to do is click the link in the description below, sign up, log in, and fill out your bracket on March 12th. You already know what March 12th is. So play.runyourpool.com backslash field 68. That's F I E L D 68. Fill out a bracket, become eligible to win. Hope to see you guys there on March 12th. Uh, last programming note. 
This episode is also presented by our partners over at Webster Bank. So before we get into this week's mailbag, a quick message from our sponsor. Oh, what a finish! Buy a new home beats grow my business at the buzzer! Webster Bank is offering you a chance to win a trip for two to the Men's College Hoops Finals in Houston. Just pick your biggest goals for 2023 and enter today at WebsterGoals.com. No purchase necessary. It's 325-23. Must be a legal resident of Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, or New York, and at least 18. For rules and details, visit WebsterGoals.com. Webster Bank, N.A., member FDIC, equal housing lender. Um, I don't know exactly what's ha- – you know, you'd have to be there every day to know what's happening. I know on paper and when you watch them, this isn't one of Ed's – better defensive teams. Now, Devin Carter's a stud, mm-hmm. you know, mano a mano defensively. But on on the whole, you know, they're over 100 in Kempom rating defense. Like, I, I don't know if I can remember Ed having a team that was rated in the hundreds defensively. Like, he's always been, you know, top 50 type of defensive guy with their game plan and the switching and they change up defenses to throw you off. Uh, so this group hasn't been that. Jared Bynum. You know, uh, in terms of perimeter defender and Noah Locke, like those two guys aren't, you know, great perimeter defenders. Devin Carter's phenomenal. Uh, Bryce Hopkins is his first time really playing high minutes and be, and having to be out there. And as good as he is on offense, he's okay on defense. Mm-hmm. And now Croswell, I think, fights his butt off, but he's undersized. So I think defensively is just where their issues have lied. And, and I think it's probably hard for Ed because – the team's been pretty good offensively. Like, they're top 20 in the country offensively. So it's kind of a flip, you know, when you think, hey, Shaka Smart and Sean Miller, who are defensive guys, have these unreal offenses. Ed Cooley, who's always been a defensive guy, has an offense now. Mm-hmm. And But when you get down to this point in the season, like, you have to be able to sit down and depend on your defense. And so he's he got he's frustrated with his group because they, they haven't done that. Um, you know, will they be able to step up and do it in the tournament? I don't ever – I think we lost to Providence in the tournament two years out of my five years at Butler. And they're just hard in the tournament, again, because they mix it up and you're in a new arena and you have to be able to make some shots and uh, you don't get many second shots with the way that they rebound. And so uh, their path to get there, you know, they got Connecticut coming out of the gates. Like they could – that game could go either way just because they're going to blow up all the sets that Bobby, you know, that Danny Hurley's going to run and it's going to be, you know, they're going to muck it up and, and the game is going to be on the glass. Probably whoever gets the most second chance points and uh, offensive rebounds or get it done because it'll be an ugly one and, and a fight. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't pick against Ed cause he's done it before. He's at worse teams than this play for a big East tournament championship in Madison square garden <laughs> And uh, if there's one guy that that you're gonna say, hey, he'll get there, probably would have been, you know, Kevin Willard if he was still in the league, or Ed and Ed and uh, you know, Ed and Ed and Coach Mack have been there before, so they're hard to bet against in these settings. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this specific matchup between UConn and Providence because I think that Providence is kind of uniquely built to be able to to take away the things that UConn wants to do best. Like I don't know if there's a perimeter defender in this league that's better at. Uh, being able to get over screens and and take away what Jordan Hawkins does best than Devin Carter, right? On the other end of the floor, you have Bryce Hopkins, who's going to be able to go at Alex Caravan. I think Caravan has gotten much better defensively over the course of the last month. Like there's a level of toughness that I don't think was there before. I think he kind of 
one of those things. He needed to get punched in the mouth a couple times in college, and, and, yeah, and learned, yeah, learned that he could take it right. Um, and then Ed Croswell is just kind of big and strong and physical, and you can't move him. And those are the guys that I think Adama Sanogo tends to struggle. Like they're basically the same dude. They're just like a six foot nine, two hundred seventy pound cement block that happened to be able to uh, you know do a nice little up and under. Um, so how do you see this matchup playing out, and what do you uh, what do you think is the key to this game? Because look. That's the one that I've had circled since like January. Once it became clear that these two teams were playing, I was like two thirty Thursday, the Garden. <laughs> like that's where you got to be in Championship Week. Yeah, key to it's easy. It, 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 yeah, simple but not easy, right? Car- Caravan just has to bet back. Like you're going, he he's going to give up points to Bryce Hopkins. Like mm-hmm. so, when they beat him in Connecticut, he matched it. Hopkins scored sixteen. He scored sixteen. So I think that's where he's gotten a level of confidence. Like, all right, I'm just going to bet back. <laughs> you know, it's like old school park rules. Right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you just scored on like, okay, throw me the ball. I'm going right back at you. And then Tristan Newton, again. So he's got 12.7 assists when they beat Providence in in, you know, in store second time around because no lock, Jared Bynum, again, aren't the best perimeter defender. And they're going to put Devin, Devin Carter, for the most part, is going to have Jordan Hawkins. They did a phenomenal – I was impressed in that second game with Jordan Hawkins. I mean, he looked like Rip Hamilton. I mean, he just never stopped mm-hmm. moving in that game. And and I think Danny knew, like, we can't sit him still and let Devin Carter just lock into him. Not going to be a good recipe. And he ran around off down screens, flare screens, pinned down. He didn't get it on the first shot like three, three, four times in the possession. And then still was able to make a shot. And I thought, you know, that was against Devin Carter, who was locked into him. That was it. So if he can do that again, he'll, he and Tristan Newton can, you know, orchestrate the offense again. Uh, that's the formula for for those guys. And, and for Providence, they have to make enough outside shots you know, to be able to hang around there. And uh, and then if it's a one-two possession of the game at the end, Ed Cooley's, Ed Cooley's masterful in those situations. Like, he doesn't lose those much. And so if they can hang, in, hang around to the last, you know, three minutes of the game, uh, I would say Providence might have the, you know, edge just because, uh, you know, Jared Bynum's made those shots before. And, and Ed Cooley's been in those situations a million times and come out on top, but – but I think for Connecticut, that that's the formula. Like Tristan Newton has to play well and take advantage of his size over those smaller guards. Would you then, would you put Devin on Jordan? Is that the way that you would match up with him? Because I'm always torn on that. Like I think that yes. you can have yes. someone run Jordan off of screens. Like if you just say, Noah, don't leave this dude, stay next to him, hold him, do whatever you have to do, just run after him. I do think that there is an argument to make that um stopping Tristan Newton from being able to get one might be more important than than having to chase Jordan Hawkins off a screen. But at the same time, like Jordan could go out there and get 35 and hit nine threes on you. Like, it, it's... Yeah, and, and who else do they have to do it? Alan Breed would be the other guy mm-hmm. right? because he has a little more size. Like, but I just don't think – I don't trust Bynum and Locke to have that responsibility to run around and not lose Jordan Hawkins. Or, and if he catches it, he can kind of sh- – he can shoot over the top of him anyway mm-hmm. with a bit more size. Alan Breed would be the other guy, though. In terms of hey, jump in there and just stay attached. You know, don't give him any separation. Don't give him any daylight. Uh, you know, Ed, he's he'll, he'll mix up defenses some. So, you know, for Danny running, you know, they run multiple sets and long delayed sets, and so that throws their rhythm off. Um, 
you know, and I think that's how they beat them the first time when they went to Providence, just disrupted rhythm with the changing defenses. And then Bryce Hopkins took advantage of the freshman. Um, so now that they know each other and know each other well, it, it'll be, you know, those matchups like you talked about, if Croswell can hold his own against Sonogo and if he can give them some offense along with it, he didn't really do that in game two. Um, and then the guard matchups like, hey, mm-hmm. if Tristan Newton's playing this confident, I think he's been a key for them, just his his level of confidence. He's figured out how to be able to use his size against smaller defenders because he like he's he's not the most explosive dude in the world. He's not blowing by people. He's not taking one dribble from the three point line and dunking it on four guys, right? Sure. Yeah. But he's the guy like coming off the screen, kind of gets you on his hip and is able to create an angle uh, just because he's. I mean, he's like six five, probably two hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that's that's where uh, if I'm Providence fans, I'm really concerned because. I think you need Noah Locke on the floor because of his shooting. And you want Jared Bynum out there because the dude's a killer. But one of those two is going to have to guard Tristan Newton. And that's a matchup that I think that UConn will be able to take advantage yeah. of pretty well. Um, let me, let me yeah, ask I think, you. I think that's the Allen Breed. Like yeah. They do have another guy. When Bynum was out, Breed played really well. Ed likes him just as a solid glue guy, role guy. And he could be a guy that could affect things on, you know, with his, because he's got a little more size at 6'3. Yep. All right. Last thing Andre Jackson. Uh, I've I've been saying this over and over on this pod that UConn season turned back around when Andre started playing with confidence again and started playing like he's the baddest MFR on the court every single time that he's on the court. When he plays with that level of confidence, it it just completely changes what UConn is and what UConn's ceiling um, can be. Am I am I off on it? Like it just when he's out there running around, scrambling no, defensively, I, grabbing I, defensive rebounds, going. I, I don't honestly like I don't even care how efficient he is like go miss 10 shots throw a couple balls into the stands right just go out there and try stuff be crazy be athletic run everywhere play like you're the baddest dude in the room that's all he has to do another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I thought the Villanova game like was mm-hmm. one of his, you know, you look at how his season has gone. Because they really, really emphasize, you could tell, pushing the ball the way no they wanted the pace at their the way they wanted to dictate the pace versus Nova who could, who really slows it down. So Andre Jackson, like he got rebounds and he was out and you know advancing the ball up the court or taking it himself and really pushing the pace and transition. You could tell that he just that's his game. And he mm-hmm. knows it and and his teammates know it. And then he stepped in and hit a couple of threes because it's like, hey, we're playing my type of game. We're dictating the pace of the game versus you know, when I think when they were getting dictated to and teams were backing off of him, that can that messes with your head. You look at, you know, Draymond Green did it to Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook the other night in the NBA game. Like you're always open. It, it messes with you. And then them being able to figure out and work through, hey, here's what you're going to do when people play you like that. And now having some solutions to go to gives him, OK, a regenerated confidence. Like, OK, I know when they do that, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then I think Hurley really emphasizing, let's get out and run because that involved now Andre is involved. Right. And we keep him involved. And so I think that's been a big thing for him. You know, Providence It's funny because I think Connecticut went through the deal where they in the middle, right. Started the big East season and teams would made them figure it out. And they had to get back to their identity defensively, get some solutions find a bench. I think Naeem Aline and, you know, now Joey Cow's contributing again, but they, Danny just said, Hey, we're going to go with Naeem Aline. He's done it before in the ACC. And then now they're playing better. I think Providence is hitting that a little bit of that now, like, Hey, we got to get back to who we are defensively. Ed's going to challenge the heck out of them. They lost three out of the last four and go into the big, big East tournament, you know, making sure we're playing like Providence. Like we, we've been sitting here thinking our offense was going to win us games. We got to get back to defending. All right. Uh, Villanova. They're the sixth seed. Um, I think they're going to be everybody's sleeper pick to win this tournament, right? They get Georgetown in the first round. Then they get Creighton uh, if they can get past Georgetown. Um, what does Villanova have to do to be able to cut down the nets and get to the NCAA tournament? Because I think they got to get the auto bid. I don't think that they can get in that large at this point. Not, not at this point. They needed that game against Connecticut the other day. Uh, it's simple for Nova. They just have to make shots. Like they, they had. I mean, it sounds. It's like they, they defended well enough. They got to make some shots. You know, they didn't shoot it great. Justin Moore was three for ten. Caleb Daniels. Any Caleb Daniels back? Like Justin Moore has has kind of. You, you can see his. Um, He's moving better, more like himself. His confidence levels up. The guy that hasn't done well in the last, you know, six, seven games is Caleb Daniels. So they have to have all three of their seniors be there, right? And Eric Dixon was there in the Creighton game. He was tremendous against Cockburner, pick and pop and hitting threes. I thought he battled in the Connecticut game. He didn't score as well. But Caleb Daniels hasn't been what he was earlier in the year when Justin Moore was out recently. If they have all three of those guys, and they're going to play them, they're similar to Creighton, they're not going deep into the bench. Um, but they need their three seniors to all show up uh, and be double-figure scorers. You know, any one of them might lead them in scoring, but all three of those guys have to be in double figures, you know, for them to advance and and, and take this thing like people think. Cam Whitmore is playing much more efficient basketball. Like you, you look at his numbers lately, much more efficient than he was earlier in the year when he was figuring it out and just coming back off the injury. And I think he was pressing to try to prove, hey, I'm, I'm good. Um, and so I, I like what, how, the way that he's playing now. And Brandon Slater is kind of back in the role that you need him in. Um, to be a supplemental guy and a residual player, but Caleb Daniels has to like we need we need him to make them. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we have seven seed DePaul, eight seed St. John's, nine seed Butler, ten seed um, ten seed DePaul, and then eleven seed Georgetown. Can any of those five teams make a run? Can you see any of them playing on semifinal Friday? Sure, yeah, I can see Seton Hall and St. John's finding a way to get there. It's, it's crazy. Just be again. Seton Hall is gonna. You're gonna be in the dentist chair, right? With Shaw, he knows he's he's limited offensively. This this good season, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's like it, the Paul's in it, and then Xavier's gonna be in it, and they can control and dictate the pace. Um, you know, we'll see if Kadari Richmond's back, but they just put up 80 points without him. Again, it was like uh, Femi Odakala. He had to play point guard, and I think it's helped his development. And he was really good, you know, the other day. 
uh, at Providence, you know, just running the team, a role that he hadn't been in before, which kept, you know, uh, Alamir Dawes off the ball. Kadari comes back. Like, that's not an, that's not a gimme. So I think they could make, they could make a run and be playing Friday night, play themselves into the tournament. And um, I think St. John's just because, you know, it's frantic. They're in the garden. They're at home. Um, if they get past Butler, they're playing Marquette again, who they just took to the brink the other night. That game playing St. John's, Rob, is it's the it's I coached against Mike at Arkansas. My first uh, when we, we beat him first round of the tournament, my first year back at Butler. And it's the same game. We were up 20. I don't know, like 25 to five. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they're leading at halftime. Like it's it's always the same game. No lead is ever safe because they don't stop coming. You look at the Marquette game, the Marquette's up 20. Next thing you know, they're up 10. Next thing you know, St. John's at the free throw line to tie the game and go to overtime. Like it's always the same game where if they're up 20, it doesn't matter because they'll play frantic enough where you can get back in the game. If you're up 20, doesn't matter because because they're going to keep coming. So just because of style of play and the fact that they're at home, uh, you know, they could I could see themselves pushing into a Friday night, you know, match up against somebody. All right. Now I'm going to put you in the dentist chair. I'm going to make you make picks. We'll just roll through these real quick. Marquette, any chance that St. John's or Butler gets him or you got Marquette advancing? I've got Marquette, Marquette advancing because of the bye. That's going to be their first game. Not yep. second or third. Yukon or Providence? Ah, that one. I know which way you want me to go in that one. <laughs> Providence coming off two losses is not the team you want to be playing against right now. Um, I'm going to – that's a monster game. Man. You can take that, the Friars. It's okay. I can't, I can't wait to watch – I can't wait to watch that one because – you know, they, they, the both teams are playing with a chip, and Connecticut's playing well. If I had to pick, I'm going to go with Connecticut. There you go. And, and pa- part pander of, to the audience. Pander to the part audience. Of me, part of me says Jared Bynum <laughs> is listening to this, and he is going to make three shots late in the game and like look for look for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Xavier um, against Seton Hall or DePaul. You got Xavier advancing. Mm. I see Seton Hall. We got, we got Seton Hall making a run. Your sleeper. I, 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 I. You know, I do. I think they can go in there and get that one. Yeah. I I'm, honestly, take, I'm taking I honestly, Xavier. I'm, I'm going with the chalk. I'm going with the chalk for all that. That's that's my tease here. I'm going with the chalk. I got Marquette, UConn, Xavier, and then I'll take Creighton over Villanova in that last game. Now you know Nova's last two, like Creighton and Xavier, the last two they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall some figures shot figures a way to pull it out and be playing it on Friday. And then uh, Villanova, Nova, Creighton. I hate, I hate picking against the three seniors at Nova. I mean, that's hard because you know that's their only way to get there, Rob. And they know it's their only way to get there. Whew. I and so. Do they have enough to do to get past Creighton on a neutral court uh, with Kaufbrenner in the home? You know what? You you talked me into it. I, I'm changing. I'm changing my pick. I'm going back. I'm changing my pick. I'm taking Villanova because you're right. They know this is the end for them if they don't if they don't win this tournament. Hourglass effect is a real thing. Yep. <laughs> you're right. I'm changing my pick. Villanova. I gotta. I gotta believe that can. Elite, that can. 
It's hard to go against Creighton. I got to believe they'll get to Friday night. Reason being, Nimbard hasn't played well against them either time. Mm-hmm. And they need him to play well. Um, now, can Dixon hit five threes in the game or eight threes or whatever he hit? I don't know if he can do that. And that's the way they're going to get there. But I'm going to pick Nova. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. You talked me into it. Um, by the way, how good is that that quarterfinal Thursday going to be? We just oh talked about those God. games. Like, oh, man, I don't know who I can pick for any of these. And you got four uh, top 15 teams in college basketball there. All right. Semifinals. We both had Marquette and UConn. Who you got? Who you got winning there? That is I, that, <laughs> that offense, man. I uh goodness gracious. Who won the last one that when they matched up? Marquette UConn, got UConn won by 20. It was when Marquette went to bad. went to Hartford, yeah. And that, you know, day two of the tournament, I think I'm gonna go with Connecticut. All right, you know who I'm picking. You gotta like that. I know you gotta yeah, like that. you know you know who I'm picking. Uh, I, I like Connecticut. Here's why: I think they're built to win any way you want to play. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So Marquette's gonna want to play up and down. They can they, do that. I think Connecticut can play that game and beat you at that game. If it becomes a Dennis chair half court grind them, you know, rock fight, like they can play that game too. I think they're less likely to win that game when it becomes a rock fight, just because of the half-court playmaking and Andre Jackson, you know, in the half-court. Mm-hmm. All right. You have Seton Hall and Villanova on the other side of the bracket. Yep. Who's going to get to the championship? Yeah, who's getting there? Ooh, I'm I'm going to go – I'm going to go Villanova. Yeah, I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to do the same thing. I have Villanova over Xavier, which means we get to the championship. UConn, Villanova. You know who I'm taking. I don't even need to answer that question. <laughs> I'm picking UConn everywhere. We got to go anywhere. So who you got? UConn over in the championship game. Ooh, I want my 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 gut wants to tell me Connecticut. My head wants to say, how you gonna bet against? <laughs> Do it. I love it. I love it. I, I look if if Villanova's gonna win and they're gonna get that automatic bid. I think that's a I think they guess. I think Connecticut gets it. I think I think by day three, you know, Justin Moore conditioning fatigue. By day three, kind of, I think he might hit a wall. So yep. I'll take Connecticut. All right. Well, listen. I hope all the people listening to this, all the UConn fans listening to this, appreciate the fact that Laval really wanted to go against you. I, did, I didn't round. do that just because I'm on with Doster. <laughs> uh listen laval i appreciate the time man i cannot wait for this tournament to start championship week is here best time of the year man thanks for being on it's hard to pick them appreciate you having me this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.